This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, we've got our good friend, Mr. John Hurley, with us as a guest. Uh, so very excited to have John here. Um, so I'm just going to head hand, rather not head straight over, I'm going to hand straight over to John. Uh, you can introduce yourself, John, tell us a bit about you and what you do. Excellent. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, I am... Uh, I'm John, as you've quite rightly introduced me. I am involved in two businesses related to property, which is, I guess, why we're here talking to me today. One is a technology platform called Coho. I believe you've previously spoken to my uh, colleague uh, Van Vogstad in relation to Coho. And... um, Two of the people that we're speaking to today are involved in the other business, which is Cohome. So there are three out of seven of the Cohome founders involved in this conversation. Oh, um, Joe, you suddenly feel a bit left out. I know, I'm just like a gooseberry. It's a bit awkward, really. <laughs> can I join? Can I join? You, you, you could be like, um, I don't know, our mascot. <laughs> I'll just be the face of it. Brilliant. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, oh, can I, I just check? It's Coho, isn't it? C-O-H-O. C-O-H-O, yes. So I could be the ho of the co. I'll just be like... You could definitely be the ho of the co, yes. There you go. Yeah. I've got a job. I'm in. Carry and on. Both businesses need a ho. There so you go. See? I'm I, in. I, I think that's sorted. Done. <laughs> Tone lowered. Let's go. <laughs> Proceed with caution. <laughs> And silence as everyone giggles and turns red. <laughs> okay, back to your introduction. <clears throat> oh, am I still introducing? Okay. I think so. Um, so essentially what happened was we built a technology platform and then decided it needed a customer, so we built a customer. So and here we are. It's, it's quite a selfish ambition to create um, the UK's largest co-living agency and the UK's best um, management platform. Co-living management platform, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sort of... suddenly makes sense. I feel like I feel like we've been duped, Niall. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get we'll do okay out of it. I think. <laughs> I think that uh, perhaps more seriously than flippantly, um, it's very easy to build a co-living management platform and persuade everyone that co-living is the future and that tenant-led viewings are great and that you've got to approach property differently. The doing of that is much harder. Um, And I think that part of the challenge that Van and I set ourselves was to say, well, if we're going to tell everyone else to walk this particular walk, then we've got to find some friendly people and do that ourselves. We've got to understand it. We've got to be part of that process in order that we can essentially um, deliver both ends of that bargain, if you like understand what a type of business that runs co-living properties is going to need and then be part of the solution for delivering that. Yeah. Very smart. Makes sense. I love it. Does that get me out of the hole I dug for myself? 
I think so. Yeah, Excellent. I think so. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take the spade back off of you. There you go. Well, okay. Right. To be fair, at six foot six, if I dug for that length of time, I'd only be about the same height as Niall now anyway. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and John and Niall have never met. I'm looking forward to seeing them back to back, though. You're six foot six. That's hilarious. I'm five foot two. I want to stand next to you and just feel like a total midget. My first wife was five foot two. So um, I'm fairly familiar with that being stared at in the street as if you're dating your 14 year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we were pretty low before and now we've gone even lower. Yeah, yeah. This is great. This Actually, is- my first rebound girlfriend after my first divorce was four foot nine and a half so that Bloody was that, but we never went outside it was that sort of relationship <laughs> it's more of a horizontal relationship <laughs> brief but horizontal it's getting lower and lower six foot six it, four foot nine horizontal the, it's an interesting image <laughs> no we're, we're all the same height lying down oh, i didn't know that oh good yeah good to know good to yeah. know excellent i don't know where to go from here <laughs> Well, you set the challenge. Actually, in fact, listeners, I actually did set John the challenge when his business partner um, Van came on last time. We, went, we ventured into the realms of asphyxie wanks, and no one quite knows why or how. So my challenge to John was just, you know, that's the bar. You need to go lower. And he's done that quite successfully. So I haven't even got on. five minutes in. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm not also I'm like my first divorce I'm like well how many are there I'm like intrigued about how many you've got so we'll get through them as we as we go through the episode yeah definitely fantastic great right what's happening next boys I think, it's, um, I think maybe we should ask the question the main question that we ask everybody scared, that, that comes know. on <laughs> is what does the human side of property look like to you great question Thank you. I've been practicing. Imagine if I'd prepared a response to that. <laughs> um, what does the human side of property mean to me? Well, I'm new to property. So I started working I with Van. Not there then, don't we? Huh? Like we, we only have property people on, so we probably go. Okay. Oh, well, that's yeah, true. We'll call wrap it, it up there. We just, we call, just it, call, call it, it a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I officially started working with Coho about March last year and that's not far off the same sort of time that we started talking about Coho I think Coho really came into existence about May June time didn't it mm-hmm. yeah um, so I'm fairly new to the property world and because all of that's been in lockdown most of that interaction for me is uh, electronic so I suppose there are, there are two possible answers to this. One is about the why in terms of co-living and coho and the future of uh, property in the UK where everything's getting more and more expensive and people are being able to afford less and less and how do we solve that problem? But that gets quite deep and philosophical. Um, the easier answer is um, that I've met some incredible people I've now added another person to that today, Joe, in yourself, but um, the likes of Matt and Niall that I've been talking to since May and June and uh, our other co-founders in Co-Home and uh, the evangelists that we've met on our journey through Coho so far, the people who have really got on board and understood what we're doing and are um, keen and friendly and you know just generally happy to be involved and happy to suddenly have a solution that 
does what they want and and it's not we, we've relieved them of the constant struggle um so uh, i guess my answer is about the relationships that i've built over the last 12 months does that qualify yeah definitely it's okay. fantastic it's, it's interesting hearing from almost like an outsider's perspective it's it's nice like well, that's, that's kind of my question the family <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of kind of my question, you know, obviously not having been in property for a long period of time and not having purchased an investment property or, you know, being a landlord. Do you think that's been a benefit to your approach to the industry? From a tech point of view, I've been able to bring uh, more years than I care to add up to worth of experience in delivering solutions, especially the last 10 years where it's been focused around user experience. And I think that it seems like property as, a, as an industry, as a, as, a, as a vertical, has just been serviced badly by technology um, historically. And people are, you know, pushing solutions together with chewing gum and tape and safety pins and trying to turn them into a, a coherent thing. And the platforms that are out there that are dominant um, are generally terrible or only do a very small part of what you want. So um, it's been great for us to be able to sort of step into it as outsiders and bring all of that outside knowledge in of, as what good, good UX looks like, what good design looks like. And what a good technology company is to deal with, which is, you know, part of uh, part of what we're doing in Coho. And then I suppose from a Coho point of view, we've got um, yourselves and two other um, jobbing landlords, you know, people who are involved day to day in, in property, as well as a couple of technology people and a customer services specialist. So, in those conversations, it's about bringing some balance of, you know, that's great when you're inside the industry working as an agent, it looks like this. But from over here, perhaps in a different industry in finance or insurance, it would look like this or, you know, just looking at it as a layperson. Why would you do that? Why, why would you inflict that process on a human? Why, <laughs> why not do it differently? I think you just described um, the whole of property investing. <laughs> why, why on earth would you do it this way? It's, as an industry, I suppose it is so arcane, um, obviously because property and land has been around for thousands of years and ownership has been around for quite a good, a good thousand years. Um, so there's so much weirdness and oddities. It's, it's not a simple industry, is it? And legislation, which is not joined up with um, different... Oh, I've, yeah. got a, I've, I've got a point to make about legislation. Um, but Over before I do, uh, in, in any industry, if you can't answer the question, who is your customer? Yeah. Then you've got a starting point of a whole can of worms, haven't you? Because who is your customer? Your, 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 your ultimate end customer is the housemate. And I'm not going to use the T word because I don't like it. But your ultimate end customer, the person that's got to be happy, is the person who's living in the property. All the people back up the chain have got to be happy, but I don't think many people in property recognise that fundamental truth. If that person isn't happy, then the whole thing isn't working. Yeah. No, fundamentally agree. So what was that legislation thing you were, talking about, you were going to talk about? Um, 
it was my uh, backup question for when you wanted me to ask a question to everyone else, which isn't really a question. It's more of a sort of philosophical musing about the property world. I can't think of another profession, industry or thing where you are impacting on people's daily lives where you don't have to have professional qualifications. Oh, so God, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a train driver, mm. a bus driver, a teacher, a gas fitter, something where your um, incompetence, negligence, lack of skill could impact on somebody's actual life. Mm. You have to be professionally qualified and, you know, CPD and all of the other stuff that goes with those professional qualifications. But I could literally walk out of here today not being a landlord, have a relative get knocked over by a bus and be a landlord two weeks later. And nobody would question that. And I, I think that's why all of this nest of horrible legislation exists. Because the legislation is always just an elastoplast to say, well, we can't go back and suddenly say everyone's got to go to college for three years to become a landlord. So what do we do? Well, we, you know, we impose this law about electrics and this law about gas and this law about licensing. Mm-hmm. it's regulating it's 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 trying to regulate something that has been entirely unregulated for years and years and years as an and isn't it ever expanding market because housing affordability is such a challenge so the more people that are renting the more landlords there are going to be the more demand for that particular type of housing product and you have an entirely unregulated industry on your hands it is actually a really terrifying thought so there's no wonder the government's on it right um so what are your thoughts like do you what what do you think the solution is um i'm all for taking a bath when you uh when you when you get not not literally lighting some candles and getting the incense out but when i even fit in a bath i bet you don't no i haven't had a bath since i was about 14 figured yeah carry on you have to get um because my uncle's really tall and he had to get like um extra tall showers (laughs) um like extra sides to go on top in fact in fact they had this they had this steam bath of the steam shower whereby um yeah it has a roof so they had to raise the roof and then make extra panels so that he could go in and enjoy the steam bath standing up the amusing moments are when you walk into somebody else's bathroom or in the hotel or somebody's downstairs toilet and all you can see in the mirror is your flies because you're sort of the angle at the mirror is is about the, the level of your belly button you just have to literally kneel down to look at your face in the mirror. Um, no, the problem. in most bathrooms, I literally am on tiptoes trying to see into the mirror because they're positioned way too high, way too high. So you'll have the opposite problem in the shower. All the water feels really heavily because it, it's it's coming down from so high. Whereas I walk in and the shower head is hitting me in the chin and I can only wet myself from my nipples down. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, I quite like the fact that it feels like I'm sort of in a rainstorm. No, I'm, I'm all about the, the lack of height in the shower. I think it's quite cool. But you yeah, find no, yourself I... kneeling in showers often. <laughs> I did listen to another podcast where somebody, one of the presenters admitted that they sit down in the shower all the time. Okay. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be able to get up because I, I'm like I'd, I'd be like a giraffe that's collapsed in your shower cubicle. You'd have to you'd have to come and unwind all the limbs. <laughs> I couldn't contemplate sitting down in the shower. That would just feel wrong to me. That is wrong. Yeah. Although, although, although I've got 
<laughs> another shower story like <laughs> it's very unexpected victoria <laughs> I, 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 I know it's amazing what just comes out of the woodwork um but before we renovated the the bathroom in my other half's um old flat it, yeah it came with a, an old person sit down shower so there was no shower screen you, you literally had to sit down in it otherwise the water went everywhere so um, i actually got used to sitting down um in the shower it's actually quite comforting is it yeah after quite feel... a lot of um of bleaching and you know well, but that's the thing because you know that somebody else is sat yeah, yeah 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 so continue bottoms and things you know it's not you know sterilizing fluids are available absolutely yeah Yeah, i'd be a very bottom aware i think um in that situation (laughs) anyway where were we i think think we've gone gone to new depths today (laughs) or new heights you could say from a property point of view uh i was i was i used to be the same height as a british standard door frame which was my main issue in in life because a british standard door frame was six foot six until we started being all european and they got slightly taller um and if you are six foot six what you work out is if you if you step through a door frame you don't have to duck so Uh, if you sort of time your steps so your head is on the low bit of the bob as you walk through it, then you miss the door frame. Oh. When you're drunk, you forget to do that. So you generally hit your head on a lot of door frames when you're drunk. Oh. Evidence, evidence by me having more stitches in my scalp than I was years old by the age of 30. Oh, my God. No. Which is why I'm never going to shave my hair off. Too many scars. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Can't say I've ever had that problem. No, neither. No. No, but I've walked into several doors, but I've never hit the had... floor a few yeah, times. Hit yeah, hit the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not. Yeah, definitely not the door door height problem. Matt, you're tall. What are you? You're five? No, six. I'm six two. No, six one and a half. Six one and a half. Call it six two. Round out. It's fine. Actually, it's, it's probably six one and a half slash six one. So we'll call it six one and a half. <laughs> Round it down. <laughs> Oh, Depends what shoes I'm wearing. Well, if you've got your heels on, babe, you know, obviously you're probably... Six four. Right, yeah. I get my three inches on. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm. Can't be afraid to rock the uh, rock the soles of the shoes. People look at me funny when I've got inch and a half, two-inch heels on, but, you know, really? those are the boots I choose to wear. <laughs> oh I've got <laughs> images of you, like this giant in heels walking down the street. <laughs> Oh, so funny. Oh, love it. Right. So property isn't the problem. Public transport's the problem. Try being six foot six and 20 stone on a car, train, bus. Plane. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, economy class was definitely not made for... Well, mm. even I struggle, and I'm only what five foot six. Five I struggle, seven. and I'm five foot two. So, I don't, how the hell do you even do this? Like a plane, especially because I fly to New Zealand because that's where my family are from. I, I, have you ever done a long haul flight like that? I've done the states. I've done Caribbean. I haven't done uh, Far East or uh, Australasia. Mm, you don't. <laughs> my trip to the don't states, you. we were upgraded to business both ways. I mean, the airline official policy is if you're over six four. They're obliged to let you have a exit seat. Really? Yeah, which is great when you're travelling with your wife and two kids, two of whom can't sit in the exit seat. So what you're basically saying is for the entire flight, you can have both kids. I'll be up here drinking pims or whatever the, the drink of the <laughs> <Yes>. day is. 
Nice. Um, but the reality is when you ring up and say, I'm six foot four, you're obliged to provide me an exit seat. They go, yeah, that process is you turn up to the airport two and a half hours before check-in and take your look. And when you get there, there's the exact number of people in front of you in the queue for the number of exit seats in the plane, all of whom are about four foot three. And you get to the front of the queue and go, I'm here for my exit seat. And they go, no, they've all gone. Sorry. Oh, you're going to the midget. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, so generally you learn to make do mm, as you're concertinaed somewhere in the plane like oh bless you yeah That's I, I, I did have an issue once in a it was the flight back from Barbados where I'd um, taken my wife current wife the current Mrs Hurley on our second date we were flying <laughs> back from Barbados having gone there for three days yeah and I was booked into an exit seat. And when we got on the plane, the configuration was slightly different. So we were actually behind the bulkhead seats in the first row behind. And because the seats were misaligned, it meant that I think our seats didn't recline. The seats in front did. So this lady who'd ended up in the exit seat that was that in the bulkhead seat that was due for me was sitting in front of me. And I was wedged in this seat, literally. My, my hips were, I had to physically force myself down in the seat. And my thighs were up in the air because my knees were pressing in the back of this seat in front. And the seatbelt light goes off. And as soon as it goes off, she's on the adjuster trying to fling her seat back to get some recline. And uh, I realise this is a visual joke. Um, and eventually she prepped. She presses the little stewardess button and says, I'm really sorry, but this man behind is being awfully rude. Won't let me recline my seat. Keeps pushing it back. And the stewardess just, just looked behind at me, sort of scrunched up with my knees under my chin. Went, no, madam, I don't think he can help it. <laughs> Off she goes. <laughs> oh, dear. Seven uh, and a half me. hours back from Barbados with your knees under your chin. Oh, you poor thing. That just sounds absolutely horrendous. <laughs> like, so, uh, shall we get back onto property? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, property, yeah, I've got it. You have to. Do we have, do we have any other um, height-related property issues? There may be some. Mm. Mm. What about mm. a question for us? That's just literally yes. what going to say, yeah. Have you got Ah, oh, the real question. Mm. Real not, question. Not the backup question. No. Not the backup. The one that you prepared in advance before <laughs> you came onto the show. Okay. That one. That one. Yeah, I did think about that um, because I've been listening to, I find audiobooks very difficult to describe. When you say you've read a book, I haven't read it. I've listened to it. I listened to an audiobook yes. by a lady called Elizabeth Day, and the book is How to Fail. Very clever lady. Mm. Very nice lady. Um, so my question for you all is, what did you learn from your biggest failure? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> which, which failure should I pick? I <laughs> know, oh, right? I'm just going through the list. Which one is the biggest? Which one is so, the biggest? So this comes back to the philosophy of understanding failure, that you don't learn from success, you only learn and grow from failure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Um, the thing is that a part, part of me thinks... Was a part of me thinks there have been no failures because we oh. never stopped and it never failed, as in we continued. And have you taken my place on that fence, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, have you taken my place on the fence? You're also. 
I get told off for this all the time. Tough, I tell him off. <laughs> well, if, you're, if your tactic is to constantly just change your course of travel because you're heading towards something which is going to, and you, yeah. each one of those is like a little micro failure on your journey. It right. isn't like I started a business trying to sell pilchards and then I couldn't sell pilchards anymore. So I decided to become a mm. roofer that, you know, yeah. if we're sort of in a career and we're following a trajectory and it's just a little winding road, then essentially a lot of those uh, small decisions are points at which you realize you've got to change your tack. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, one of the biggest learning things was when I stopped putting so much faith in other people's abilities and knowledge and believe in myself more. Yeah. Right. I wonder where you're going with that. Is you're like, well, I just gave up on everybody else. And <laughs> 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 sacked everyone. <laughs> to hell with everybody. I'm going to do it myself. Phone <laughs> ranger. <laughs> because the, we've got, like, there are, there are so many moving parts and there, there are so many things that, um, have to be considered when we're going through a property purchase or a refurbishment or finding new housemates or whatever it might be. Um, and initially, um, I put a lot of faith in the so-called experts that knew what they were doing when it comes to refurbishments or knew what they were doing when it comes to picking the right housemates or whatever it might be. Um, and suddenly you realize that they actually don't know shit. Um, so it's up to me to manage the people that are managing the job or managing the housemates or whatever so i think more faith in myself less faith in um everybody else's abilities it's a good skill to acquire a decent bullshit detector so that you oh, can work yeah. out who's telling the truth and who's not mm. more quickly i think is probably what you're talking about yeah mine yeah. follows on from that actually because i the, if the times I've made the biggest mistakes, which is how I'm defining failure in this context, in property specifically, has been when I've gone against my instincts. So I believe as human beings, we are hardwired to, to listen to our instincts. And often we don't. And that can be for multiple reasons. It could be greed. It could be fear. It could be you name it. Um, or you're just naive right you're new to something but your gut tells you something's wrong or your gut tells you that you should be questioning something and actually every time I've ignored it because I'm assuming that well why would I know you know especially in the early days I'm new to this it's bit me in the ass and actually there's been a failing from it and my learning has been trust yourself like just trust yourself Self, you know even if you're in unfamiliar territory you're getting that feeling for a reason at least pursue it at least don't ignore it you know um yeah mm -hmm. that that's my biggest thing matt yeah so they've stolen some really great ideas there always um, every time that's why we're getting there first mate yeah i know um i think i would agree it, it does come down to that um putting I suppose just to put it, to spin it on its head, it's not, so my biggest failures have been when I haven't communicated properly with other people. So I think these do come down to managing of other people um, for me as well. So it's assuming that someone knows what I'm talking about or assuming that they've got the message. Um, and I can put this in a few contexts, um, particularly around builders. Um, and uh, yeah, because when you say one thing to a builder, they hear something completely different. 
um, and they go and do something completely different. Um, even when presented with with drawings of a bike shed with with hoops in it, you know, with Sheffield bike stand, and they they turn around and say, well, the the you know the bike hoops are not included. It's like, well, they're on the drawings, therefore they're included. It's like, no, we asked for a bike shed. It's like, yeah, no, I gave you drawings of a bike shed with hoops in them. Um, so put the hoops in. No, no, that's extra. It's like they're on the drawings. <laughs> so I didn't price for them. I was like, I don't care. They're on the drawings. Like, anyway, so um, it's not clear enough because it wasn't written down in a schedule of work. So I just gave them some drawings, assuming that they would create the thing which was on the drawing. Um, that's my, my, my current learning um, and failure because obviously it's going to probably going to cost me a little bit of money because I'm not going to pay for the whole thing, but I'm going to have to to get them to, <laughs> to get them to finish it, swing them a few a little bit more money, but. Um, yeah, I think in communicating and making sure that things are written down, that things aren't, because I, I like to have communication. I, I like verbal communication. <clears throat> I'll tell people things and assume that they have heard it and that they're going to go and do it. Um, whereas you know, following things up with written communication, um, minuting things, you know, making notes um, so you can refer back to it. Um, because um, sometimes, you know, you think you're going crazy thinking, well, I, I, yeah i'm sure that i asked someone to do this i'm sure that i did that and um if you haven't written it down you can't just you can't refer back to it and say well actually i did ask you to do that now yeah please go and do it so i suppose um it does come back to being a manager and i suppose that's at this, the stage of business that we're at where we're managing you know tens of people um in different businesses across the uk um and those are new learnings for us um and especially for me is that, is that right? Yeah. That was really good. That sounded like you sort of prepared like a really scripted answer. That was really on point. I loved it. No, no. I, I just sometimes um, hit the nail on the head. Most of the time I miss it. Um, but when, when I hit the nail on the head, I need to write it down. So I remember that I hit the nail on the head. Well, thankfully this is being recorded, so we're okay. <laughs> that was good. I was impressed. Do I have to answer my own question? Is that the protocol or, or, or do we miss me out? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. Mine's a quick one then, and it's um, uh, fail quickly. So the the lesson from a dot com business I was involved with twenty years ago was, if you don't fail quickly, you're sort of locked into the long dark tea time of the soul, where everything is literally decaying to dust around you, and you haven't closed it down when you saw it coming, or got out when you should have got out. Um, so if it's going south let it go south, let it fall, do something else, invest your energy and your effort and your time in something more productive than nursing something to its eventual demise. Mm. Yeah, it actually could come back to the, the people thing. Um, a similar um, similar kind of um, attitude is you know, hire slow, fire fast. So take your time and, yeah, and actually having that gut feeling of, of hiring people, you, know, you, you hire someone and you think they're going to be great. And then the next day something happens and all of a sudden you get that feeling in the gut going, oh, hang on a minute. I made a mistake. Um, and we waited probably about four or five months to, to get rid of the first person where we had that feeling. Um, now it took us what, about a week. A week, yeah. We've got it, we've got it down. We've got it down. I've got, got it to find Tino. <laughs> but I think just to flip it, when we've got the right people, like we do a lot of stuff in our power to keep them because 
uh, yeah, the right people you want around and you want to ensure that they're motivated, that they're uh, enthusiastic to be around you and that they just want to be part of what we're doing. So, yeah, hire slow, um, fire fast. I've not a nice thing a great to... believer in, um, in hiring great people and getting the heck out of their way. Just leave them to do what they do well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Lots of lots of learnings and lots of things to um, to get used to when you start hiring people and having a team around you, and that that's one of the things is just letting them get on with it. We hired them for a specific reason because they've got that skill set. So what, you know, like you said, just get the hell out of their way and let them let them do it. Well, give them good written instructions first. So so they so they put the hoops in. So the producer, they were obviously not the right people. <laughs> They're the only people that would do it. <laughs> oh, oh love it. I could actually feel the pain like coming through. It's like, <laughs> and the expense. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Oh. How much are a set of bike hoops, uh, man? I don't know yet. I've got someone looking into it for me. <laughs> when you find out they're 42 grand, it's going to be a hell of a shock, isn't it? I might, be, I might be like a couple of hundred quid and that's it. <laughs> and you're not just Easy. repurpose the hoops that you're trying to sell? Um, no, because because the, the council in question um, want them to be further apart because they have a set of standards when it comes to bike shelters. Um, and the standard that you would buy from the shop is not for, far enough apart because you need to be able to get around the hoop and put your bike in. It's, yeah. Yeah, they need oh. to be a metre a meter apart from each other. Really? Do they? But in this particular council, they do. Oh, okay. So it's, it's nuanced. It varies by council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A conservation, conservation style bike shed. Can I just say, this has wandered into very informative territory here. And very I know. Yeah. It was very relevant for quite a long time. Matt's <laughs> seething at this, at this conversation. So maybe we should move on before he blows a gasket. <laughs> Shall we do some episode roulette? Yay! <laughs> Okay, so for those of uh, those of our listeners who are brand new um, and have been attracted to listening to us because of the fabulous John Hurley, um, I'm just going to explain what's going to happen at this point. So we do a play a game called Episode Roulette. Um, I almost called it, well, I did call it Russian Roulette um, when I was explaining it to John. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm going to go through, uh, I'm going to scroll through our previous episodes of Property Jam and I'm going to, well, John, will you please say stop? And then I'm going to read out the title of that episode and we would like your opinion on that particular topic. Um, not that particular episode, that particular topic. So you don't need to have listened to every episode. I have listened to them all from cover to cover. So yeah, I'll just give you a, a brief route. Have you really? No. Well, if, if that's the case, then we're going to question him again on what minute what was said. So um, <laughs> let's, let's drill down. Yeah, I, I'm now scrolling. Stop. Stop. Episode 22. FOMO. Oh. What would you what's your opinion on FOMO? So the fear of missing out. Do you get FOMO? Personally, no. But I have people around me who struggle with it a little. Matt. And I, it's a hard one because most of the time it feels like a distraction. Most of the time, if you're focused on your end goal, um, 
you should remain focused on your end goal and not get distracted by the little, you know, well, but what if we made it that bit wider or what if we painted it that colour? It's like, you know, in my head, it's the Titanic um, steaming along and, you know, the thing you need to pay attention to is the damn iceberg you're going to hit, not all of the other, not the seagulls, not the view of Iceland, not that, you know, you could easily get distracted along that journey. Um, so you can't just the uh, the Titanic was probably not the best example because it did no, hit, hit the iceberg. I know, I know. Um, but it's about. Uh, I guess it's relevant in that it's it's healthy to be able to see something coming which is so significant you need to change tack or acknowledge it or do something different but it's unhealthy to be distracted by almost everything along the way. Yeah, that's so true. Customer rings up and says, wouldn't it be nice if Coho does this? Okay, like everyone stop everything they're doing. Forget the development roadmap. We're going to spend three days building, designing, debugging, releasing something that does, you know, X. Um, you could just do that literally every week and, and, tread water never get anywhere never get towards your uh, objectives wow so wise and matt has just left us <laughs> <laughs> matt didn't He's, like that answer he didn't like that answer <laughs> He's really pissed off with the titanic <laughs> the sun just started um, streaming through the uh, the roof light here you just um, thought you'd reappear dressed as the captain of the Titanic. Also really American. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hey. Hey, there, you Matt. Did it. Okay, so I'm scrolling again. We've got time for another one. Listen he was from Facebook. Stoke, by the way, not American. Um, <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah. Stop. Okay. Episode 18. What's that? Property projects, what's your favourite bit? Oh, this is a tough one for him. It is a tough one because, um, if you, well, actually, um, you did you, you do, do some developing yourself, maybe um, on your own property. So do you have a favourite bit? You know, picking up a paintbrush, maybe? <laughs> well, oddly enough, I can tell you what my least favourite bit is. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's even better. Everyone thinks that being six foot six is great because you can paint ceilings without a ladder. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. But my wife's mother died a couple of years ago and we renovated her house sort of during the last part of uh, 2020. And she lived in an old cottage with exposed beams. So every ceiling was, in fact, 23 ceilings because every ceiling was about two feet wide. So you couldn't just go with a roller and it ceiling was painted once around the edges. It was like, it was the long dark tea time of the soul. Oh. So my least favourite bit is painting ceilings. My, it's the champagne moment, isn't it? It's the ta-da, it's the, it's the handing it over to the client, it's the handing it over to your family, it's the, it's the moment at which you share the joy of everything that you've brought together, the vision you have, the design you've you've brought in, the, the expertise that you've put into project managing, the development and the build to the point that, you know, it's staged, it looks beautiful, there are flowers in the bars, there's coffee smell in the kitchen and, and everyone walks in and goes, 
Wow. Uh, yeah, I love that. Oh, a great description. Oh, that, you know, that felt like the human side of property, just in a little jar. You took the lid off and a little sniff. That <laughs> <laughs> was just lovely. I enjoyed that. Bottle it and sell it. Yeah. Yeah, you should. You should. Think about that. Tech man. <laughs> What's our list about? I'm Funnily point- enough, it is, it is on the co-home roadmap. There you go, see? Yeah. It's a bottle and... It's a bottle, bottle and sell it. a bottle feeling. Yeah. Okay, great. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's go uh, one quick fire round. So um, I'm going to scroll and then you say stop. And I would like to answer this in um, as few words as possible. Okay, stop. Okay. Property, <laughs> okay. Property Jam episode five. What not what to, wear? to wear? A baseball cap. <laughs> so you told Matt. Touche. For, for, for those who are listening, uh, I may or may not be wearing a baseball cap right now. <laughs> And he should or should not be wearing it as well. <laughs> Do you think the kite suit? I don't think I've ever seen you in a baseball cap before. Oh, I used to wear a baseball cap quite a lot, but um... yeah, suit show. You should do this. The, the backstory, Joe, is that um, uh, Matt's partner's jacket used to hang in the way and block the sunlight from coming in his eyes, and now she wears it, so it uh, he gets the sun in his eyes now. And needs to wear a hat. So inconvenient. I, I, I forget that John has the uh, insight into the inner workings of my office. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you tight ass! Buy a blind. <laughs> um, I would. I asked my landlord to, but she wouldn't. She really, really? She said yeah. no. That doesn't make me rogue, sense. Rogue landlord. No, she said uh, yes, but they never did it. Oh, I see. Right. Well, can't you um just get it she done? Re- she replaced the boiler instead, and I, I'd probably prefer her for doing that. Yeah, no, fair call, fair call. Why don't you just get being, the... being a landlord? I'm, I'm not going to push her to replace a boiler one month and then put a blind up the next. Yeah, but if you put the blinds up and then just knock it off the next month's rent, do that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that, but then yeah. I'd break, I'd break the house. It'd probably all fall down. That's that is true. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I can build IKEA furniture. Um, I gem, generally it's it's twice <laughs> the wrong way, and then I can just imagine Matt standing in the loft, still with the blind in his hand, and the house crumbled around him, <laughs> like, like a digestive biscuit. It's just completely yeah. disintegrated. So the other, um, this... the other thing that's relevant to point out is you don't generally build a set of shelves to block the light coming through through a window. That's a really good point. IKEA and and windows, not not really a natural association there, but. Yeah. No, well, on, on this note, I think we're going to wrap it up for the Property Jam. Uh, thank you, John Hurley, so much for being with us uh, uh, today. And um, I think we're going to say it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Podcast at outlook.com. See, See you on, on the next, next episode. episode.